It's like a drive-by shooting that you hope never ends. It's the I Can't Complain podcast. I'm not happy today. Welcome to the show. My name is John. Coming up later in the show, we'll review the 600-pound life segment that changed my life. We'll also talk about how Matthew McConaughey is still trying to swindle me out of every last penny that I've ever earned. And maybe we'll talk about trans runners and Martha Stewart and foster parents while we're at it. It's, it's all here on the show today. But I have to start with something very important. It's a disturbing new trend that I've noticed over the last couple years. It's the Memorial Day take. I'm sure the other podcasters, the other people that try and make you laugh on their show, they've already talked about this. That's why I don't listen to their show. Because I don't want to hear something on there that prevents me from doing what I need to do. I need to be able to use my material even if everybody else is saying it, so I'll agree with them. I'll say what everybody's saying. I'm sick and tired of people thanking the veterans on Memorial Day. That's not what it's about. It's about honoring the dead. It's not about thanking the living. Cut that shit out. I'm tired of it. I know you've probably heard this on every other show this week, but <laughs> frankly, sometimes you got to fall in line. And you got you to gotta follow the mainstream. Sometimes you got to come on here and you've got to say, fuck Memorial Day. That's just, <laughs> that's the bottom line. Sometimes you have to say that Memorial Day... It's honestly the trashiest and the worst holiday that we have left. I don't know what people are doing. It's supposed to be a solemn moment to remember the dead. Now everybody's thanking the veterans. Thank you for your service. I heard thank you for your service a few too many times. Once is one too many times on Memorial Day. There should be no acknowledgement of any living veterans. That's not what it's about. Frankly, the veterans, they're a little selfish. They like to hear thank you for your service. But they have their day. Thank them for their service on their day, on Veterans Day. The other 364 days a year, forget about them. They're worthless to me except on Veterans Day. That's the bottom line. And I know this is a popular take. I'm sure other people are saying it. The great podcast greats. I don't listen to Joe Rogan anymore, but I'm sure he said it this week. God damn. I don't mean to be stepping on other people's shit. No, Joe Rogan doesn't tell jokes on his show. I'm sure he didn't say anything like this. He, uh, Joe Rogan hasn't told a funny joke in maybe a decade? Two decades? I, I don't know. I think he got off one wisecrack on Fear Factor once that made me chuckle. Other than that, I mean, he's, he ain't doing much that's funny. That's the bottom line there. But Memorial Day, guys, come on. We gotta cut this shit out. We really do. It's a disturbing trend. It didn't used to be like this. It really didn't. Ten or even five years ago, there were no thank you for your services on Memorial Day. It was solemn. People would go to their rooms. They would turn off all the lights. They would sit in a dark corner. They would put on sounds of war. And in that dark room with the cannons and the machine guns firing in the background, they would cry alone, all by themselves. And then they'd go outside and they wouldn't acknowledge a single veteran. That's how it used to be. Those were the good old days. That was like three years ago. I never once heard a thank you for your service on Memorial Day until 2019. And now, it's all over the place. People are acknowledging the veterans on Memorial Day. And it makes me sick. It put me in a bad mood. I'm still in a bad mood. Nowadays, it seems like everybody's in a bad mood. I don't think the weed worked, guys. The legalizing pot didn't work. It's time to bring back cigarette smoking. I'm realizing this more and more every goddamn day. Bring back the smokes. When this country, when this great country, was addicted to cigarettes on a widespread scale, everybody got along. Well, no, not everybody got along, but sometimes members of the same race got along. That's what I'm talking about. 
I'm talking about whites enjoying the company of other whites while they enjoy a cigarette outside again. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Haitians smoking with Haitians. Asians smoking with Asians. These are the things that we might be able to achieve if we start getting addicted to nicotine again. I'm talking about a little powwow outside with your bros. There's not a, there, there's not a lot of standing outside in the cold smoking anymore, and I'd like that to come back. That's as American as apple pie. I had an apple pie this week, by the way, guys. It looked good. It smelled good. The ratio was all wrong, though. When you eat a pie, I'm going off on a pie tangent now. When you eat a pie, the ratio needs to be right. There were too many apples. Too many apples. I'm not there for the apples. I'm having to fight through the apples just to get back to the crust. I'm just there for the crust. Just give me the crust. Don't even give me any apples inside of it, in fact. A perfect apple pie is you open it up and there's one apple inside, one little sliver, and the rest is just crust. No, that wouldn't be good either. But guys, we need to bring back the cigarette smoking. It feels like we're stagnating as a, as a country and as a people and as individuals. It does. It's time to make some progress. It's time to turn your eating disorder into a drinking problem, guys. It's 2023. It's time to switch your addictions up. It's time... It's time to turn that coffee addiction into a crystal meth addiction once and for all. Make the step this year. Don't stagnate. You've been drinking coffee for a decade. It's time to get on hardcore speed. It's time to finally get your shit together. It's 2023. But I know some of you guys haven't had that moment of clarity. It, it has to come naturally. For me, it was 2015. And I watched a video that changed my life. It was a small segment of my 600-pound life. And I had to re-examine everything I was doing after I watched this. I'm going to play the clip now. And maybe you guys will get off your asses and stop thanking the veterans, pick up a cigarette addiction, and maybe start doing a little crystal. I don't know. Start doing something with your lives. Start smoking crack and become a day laborer. Start pouring concrete at 6.30 a.m. high on a mixture of chemicals. Don't do that. Seriously, don't start a crystal meth addiction. Join my Patreon instead. Crystal meth is too expensive. I can't have my listeners picking up new addictions. I'm joking. Join the Patreon. Notice how I asked you nicely last week. I'm not asking you nicely again. Get your goddamn credit cards out. Links in the description. You get a bonus monthly episode in Moscow Lady Mules Basketball. What more could you want? Get your credit cards out and pay me. Otherwise, I might lurk outside your house to give you dirty looks through the windows late at night. I know where you live. I'll eat anything in bed lately, guys, and that's what this video is about. Lately, I've just been making giant pot roast and taking them directly to bed. No, I haven't been doing that. But the foods that I've eaten in bed this last calendar year, I've kept a list. Toaster strudels, eclairs, donuts, donut sticks, ice cream. All of these things have been consumed in bed by me, and I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. If I was really ashamed, I probably wouldn't talk about it here. But I should be ashamed. That's the problem. I should be embarrassed, and I'm not. So to put myself back in the right mental headspace, I need to watch this video that I first saw in 2015 from my 600-pound life. A video that changed my life forever? I'm not sure how, but it did. It's had a profound impact on me. I haven't seen it in years. So let's enjoy it together. It's the one where the woman fries chicken in bed. I was already over 700 pounds. She's in bed, she's eating Funyuns. If you haven't seen my 600-pound life before, it's about extremely overweight people, morbidly obese individuals that are often bedridden and super, super fat. Let's be honest. They're super, super fat. This woman has nice nails, though. She's got nice nails. 
And she's currently eating a bag of Funyuns that they've blurred out really poorly. I can clearly tell those are Funyuns. She's in her bed, and what she's about to do next changed my life forever. The first time I saw this, I remember I was standing up. I walked into the room. A few of my friends were watching this show. And I remember I saw the scene, and I had to sit down. I couldn't stand up while I watched it. I was fascinated. I was in horror. Ah, this clip has everything. This has everything that you could want in a clip. She's eating Funyuns, and she's in bed. The food made me happy. And that just wasn't going to change. This is an African-American woman that probably weighs around 725 pounds. She's relaxing in bed with a makeshift little desk in front of her. Basically, it's a keyboard on top of a bucket. She's got a sandwich and some Funyuns. And she's studying up on Supreme Court cases on her television. I don't know what that's about. I couldn't go back. So I kept eating and I kept gaining. In there. The kidnap changed my life forever. She was kidnapped. I wish I could take that day back. So she clearly has some emotional trauma and she's eating in bed. I'm not trying to shame her today. I'm just trying to set up what's about to occur and what's about to occur is not normal. You made it, baby. Don't you get me? She's having food delivered. Got some cookies. I love food. I love food. Steve Harvey said the exact same thing. If you've seen the Patreon episode with Steve Harvey, he said the exact same thing. Quote, unquote, I love food. Now, I'm trying to determine what's all here. They've blurred it all out. It looks like she's got some Hawa- maybe Hawaiian punch drink mix, a couple of Hershey's bars, some cookies, a lot of sweets going on here. We go shopping for her. It's not what she needs to be eating, but what she should be eating. Jimmy Dean, she's got five boxes of Jimmy Dean biscuits. That's what was on the table earlier, in the makeshift table. She loves these Jimmy Dean sausage biscuits. Holy shit. It's about what she wants to eat. She must have had to go to three different stores to buy all those. You cannot buy that many boxes at your local grocery store. You got to go to different stores all over town. Holy shit. That's a good family member right there. You're enabling her, but you're willing to go the extra mile to go all over town to buy all the biscuits that she wants. Good for you. And if you ain't got what she wants, she may. That's her daughter talking right now. Don't cook me in two boxes. You want one bag? Yes. I bring her stuff because I know that's what's going to make her happy. She loves food. Um, baby, thank you. That's been her biggest issue, period. She loves food. When I start eating those foods, I can't stop. Mm-hmm. Well, you bought five boxes of biscuits. Of course you can't stop. You bought too many. It's not bad at all. It's not bad at all. You eat them every day. You know what they taste like. You don't come home with five boxes of Jimmy Dean biscuits just hoping that they're good. No, no, no. You've tried them before. You know they're good before you commit to that many boxes. I love the way it all tastes. I love the way it makes me feel. Now there's not three biscuits in front of her. They've multiplied. There's four. There's at least four in front of her now. They keep multiplying. Her daughter keeps running back and forth to the microwave. Holy shit, they're going to cook all five boxes right now. There's a Parmesan cheese next to her as well. Looks like some sort of a ketchup condiment. Couple of rolls of Pringles. This woman's in deep. I'll tell you that. I've eaten in bed, but I've never eaten in bed like this. And what she does next, if you haven't heard this before, it'll blow your fucking mind. It's my comfort. But I know the food is killing me. Now, we've seen that. If you watch 600 Pound Live, I don't watch it often, but I know enough about it. This is pretty common. Hey, the Pringles have re- reappeared. They've now been put next to the bed in the background. 
Either that or there's six jars of Pringles. I don't know how many jars of Pringles are in this woman's house. This is unbelievable. But if you've seen the show, you know that lots of times there's fat asses that eat in bed, right? And they want help. And I'm not trying to shame them. But I will say what this woman does next, I've never seen anything like this. The table is fit on him. They're putting a table on her bed. There's two legs that are cut off so that it can be propped against the bed. Now they're bringing a small deep fryer and they've put it on the table. Now this table looks like it could fall over at any moment. And that's keeping me from being a part of my kids' lives. They're emptying the oil into the small fryer and now they are showing this woman on this makeshift table in front of her, propped up on her legs. There's a plate and it's got some flour on it and it looks like there's some chicken tenders. That's what they are. There's chicken tenders involved. The chicken tenders look like they've been spiced with a mixture of some sort. Maybe some paprika, maybe some Cajun mix. I'm not exactly sure, but they have been they have been seasoned properly and now she's going to dredge the chicken in flour and she proceeds to fry it in the small one gallon portable deep fryer in front of her on this table. I haven't seen this in years. I'm having flashbacks. Let's watch it. She's tossing the chi- she's tossing the chicken in the flour. I'm afraid. Her daughter's crying. This will pass. You should be. Now, now she's deep frying the chicken. She's got a fork, and she's struggling to see in the deep fryer because she's bedridden. So she's having a hard time seeing if it's done or not. There's two more chicken tenders waiting to be fried. Oh, I see the bucket now. The bucket for the seasoning mixture is there as well. She's deep frying in bed. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my mom. If that deep fryer tips over, if there's a small tremor, not even an earthquake, but I'm talking about... One of those earthquakes you find out two days later occurred. They're like, oh, yeah, there was an earthquake on Saturday. You didn't feel it, but it happened. That's all that needs to occur. A small tremor that doesn't even register on the Richter scale. That's all that needs to occur for this oil to spill and for her to be burned badly, horribly, because she can't move. Okay, the chicken looks like it's red. Oh, God damn, it looks pretty good. It looks good. That's the worst part about this. It looks good. I'd like to tell you that this was all for naught. But this woman's on to something. I gotta be honest. I'm thinking about frying chicken in my bed after I see the way these chicken tenders look. The breading is on a point. They're seasoned. They look juicy. I'm worried. She's got... Oh, wow. I didn't notice this when I watched it the first time. She's not going with ranch or blue cheese. That's a Thousand Island or perhaps even a French dressing. Holy shit. Wait, hold on. I see the ranch over here in the corner. She's got both. She's got both sauces. This woman's a connoisseur. She's going to come here and find me dead She's putting day. the sauce directly on top of the chicken. There's no dipping cup. There's no ramekin that's full of it. She's just lathering it up right on top. Cut out the middle, man. Squeeze it directly from the container on top of the chicken. The idea of that horrifies me. She's got some... Br- oh, she's making sandwiches. Holy shit. I didn't realize she made a sandwich. Like I said, guys, I've only seen this once or twice in my life. Probably two times, actually. I go back to it every three years just for inspiration. She's making a sandwich. Sarah Lee bread. I need to do something. That's why she sauced it directly on the chicken. Holy shit, she's enjoying it. Holy, she's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, maybe eight chicken tenders. Holy shit, she's in deep. They don't look as good now as when they came out of the fryer. But they do look good. I need to change. Oh, she's got a Sprite. That's a one liter Sprite. She's enjoying the shit out of... Oh my God, that bite looks good. 
You're going to die. I think, is that French? I think it's French dressing. It's French dressing. She just said she's going to die in the back. This is this is inappropriate. And that's it. That's the scene. That's all I needed to see. That's all I needed to see to give me hope for another three years right there. It looks good. She's risking her life to enjoy chicken. You know, it's refreshing to see. I got to be honest with you guys. It's refreshing to see somebody willing to take a chance and sustain possible third degree burns over a majority of their lower body just to enjoy some chicken strips. I'm talking about taking a chance. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about posing for Sports Illustrated at the age of 80 like Martha Stewart's doing. I'm talking about taking chances. Where are these pictures? I printed out the pictures of Martha Stewart. She was on the cover. Her breasts were partially exposed. Where are these pictures at? Maybe Jessica knows. Jessica, get in here. Where are my Martha Stewart pictures? Fuck me. It's not time to do an ad, Jessica. Where's my Martha Stewart pictures at? Hello. I've been using the pictures. I've been using... Oh, no. Let's do the ad. I'd rather do the ad than hear about this. Jessica's pleasure in herself to Martha Stewart. Friends, it's John here. For pure Russian rainwater. Ah, yes, pure Russian rainwater. Jessica, I don't have a script. Yeah, you're just supposed to make it up on the spot. I don't want to make it up on the spot. I like when I have a script. Turn down the music, too. This shit's so loud. I'm tired of doing these. I can't believe the war's still going on. And you, fingering yourself to Martha Stewart. Unbelievable, Jessica. Do the trans rights joke that you've been... You've been just chomping at the bit to do for weeks now. Oh, okay, yeah, I can do the trans rights joke. Friends, it's John here for Pure Russian Rainwater. Mr. Rainwater and Pure Russian Rainwater want you to know that we stand in support of trans rights and athletes' trans rights. I keep reading all these news stories about trans runners, long-distance runners, and how some people don't want them to participate. I don't understand what the big deal is. When I get my drug empire up and running, when it gets off the ground, I'll let you run drugs for me. I don't care. I'll strap a pack to you and you can run some drugs. I don't care what you identify as. You can run drugs for me. So next time you pick up a case of pure Russian rainwater available anywhere you buy water, just know that we employ trans people running drugs. Fabulous. I think you've misunderstood the type of running they're doing, but what do I know? Did you find the pictures, Jessica? No, they're gone. They're used up, man. They've disintegrated from weeks of wear and tear. Damn, Jessica. You're nasty. Martha Stewart's posing at age 80. It's time to grow some balls and take a chance. Eat some fried chicken in bed. Buy some pure Russian rainwater and pose nude. Pure Russian rainwater. The dictator's choice since 1997. I've got to tell you guys, the worst decision I've ever made in this show's history was signing up for that Matthew McConaughey Art of Living bullshit. That little inspirational talk. I thought I was signing up for an hour-long presentation, and then I'd never hear from them again. Wrong. It was six hours long, and they email me every week. Even after they told me they'd never talk to me again, they said, this is your last chance. Sign up, pay us our money, or we're never going to talk to you again. Well... Team McConaughey, Matthew, that was a lie. You lied to me. You email me every week now, driving me fucking crazy. Unlike Steve Harvey, when I watched him, I thought he actually believed in his product and he was trying to help me and he wasn't trying to swindle me out of my last dollar. Matthew McConaughey, on the other hand, he could see a homeless man in the streets with $3 on him and he'd run up to him with a knife and try and steal it from him. That's basically what he's doing. 
So I have a half dozen new emails since last we spoke about this. They're emailing me every week and they want my money. God damn, they want my money. Listen to this email. It says, so be kind to yourself, even through the mistakes. Trust yourself to get things done, even if you don't have proof yet. That's what faith is for. And don't worry, we're never going to leave you alone in this journey. So keep an eye out for more messages like this. And until then, just keep living. Fuck me. They're never going to leave me alone. They've told me specifically in this email, be prepared for us to harass you for the rest of your goddamn life. And most recently, the emails have started to take a darker turn. They have. I was surprised too. They said, what would your eulogy say? That's one of the titles for the most recent email. I read that and I'm not going to lie. I took it as a threat. I said, fuck me. Matthew McConaughey knows my address now. He could come and hurt me if he wanted to. It says, imagine you reach the end of your life. This is in bold, by the way. Imagine you reach the end of your life. Your loved ones come together to celebrate you. Your husband, wife, daughter, son, or best friend steps up and starts to read your eulogy. What would they say? Would they say, and it does say John, by the way, it says, John was such an amazing soul, a dreamer with so many big ideas. I just wish they would have realized some of them. Yikes. Yikes is right. You need to get new friends and lovers if they're going to stand up and talk shit at your eulogy. Or would you rather it sounds something like this? John was such an amazing soul and crazy as heck with so many big dreams and ideas. Sometimes they failed. Other times they succeeded. But what a great example of what's possible when you go after it. Yeah, let's let's stand up right after I've died and mention my failures. Oh yeah, he took so many chances. He failed so often. Could you believe how often he failed? But he was stupid enough to just keep starting new businesses. This guy didn't know when to call it quits. And of course, the email goes on to continue to scare me into possibly believing that people are going to talk shit about me after I'm dead. Like, I give a fuck. I'll be dead. I don't care what people say about me. I do love that the email tone has changed from like, you know, you can improve your life and you can start living a better life. And now we're just at the point to trying to rehab my image before I finally die. Matthew McConaughey's given up on me possibly succeeding in anything except death. So we got to get this guy's image cleaned up because he's going to die soon. See you next Tuesday. Bye. You've got to be a freak to be a foster parent. Have you guys ever met these foster parents? Usually single women aging in their 50s just with a horde of kids running around so they can collect a paycheck. You gotta be a freak to be a foster parent. Fuck job. A lot of floral dresses, a lot of early Sunday morning church services, right. a lot of conversion vans. Could be the next Tucker fucking Carlson or Rush Limbaugh, John. I think you could. I've met these foster parents before. It's a lot of flowery sundresses and conversion vans where nobody can see inside. Nobody knows what's happening to those kids. I think you could. Jessica's wondered back in the studio looking excited. What you got there, Jessica? I found a few scraps left over from the Martha Stewart Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. God damn, they're tattered. Yeah, I've used up most of it. Most of it's totally disintegrated, but you can see a little bit of breast here on this one scrap, and I think we got a little upskirt action here, too. Actually, I might need to take that one back. I'm not done with that. Call me a whore. You called me a bitch. You sit on the damn chat line. You come into my bedroom when I'm asleep. Wake me up for a piece of ass.
And as for Big Bird, you need to go back to Sesame Street, buddy. I can complain.com is the home of this program. All the links are there. We're available everywhere you find podcasts. Share this show, guys. Mr. Rainwater's threatening castration if you don't share this show. Yeah, we've got to have at least 100 shares this week or you're losing your balls. Damn. I tell you, man, I've got to end this sponsorship. It's an abusive sponsorship relationship. Share the show. Download the show. Keep the shows. Don't delete the shows. There'll be a time when you're all alone, you have no internet access, and you're sleeping in the streets next to mangy animals because you've been abusive to your wife and kids again. And you've been kicked out of the house, and you're going to wish you had these episodes. I'm opening up a pure Russian rainwater, by the way. Do you love me? Do I love you? We just met a couple of minutes ago. For all I know, you might be a pot-smoking, jaded, wild-eyed, radical dropout. I am a pot-smoking, jaded, wild-eyed, radical dropout. I love you. It's good. Oh, this is good water.